1980. A 14-year-old girl just starting high school disappears. She was such a sweet and kind person. Her parents report her missing from their home in a North Carolina town so rural it's called Rural Hall. It wasn't a peaceful little, it wasn't Mayberry by any stretch of imagination. There was, there was crime going on at Rural Hall. Three days later, her half-clothed body was found 18 miles away. Yeah, there was fear all over the town. Uh, it was just a tragedy viciously assaulted. I know that they had thoughts in their head, like how much did she suffer? The teen's life brutally taken. The killer on the loose, a father and mother left childless. People ask me, how many grandchildren do you have? And I say, I don't have any grandchildren because I don't have any children. A case detectives say was never considered cold, but one that would never truly heat up until 35 years later. He's not the person that I knew growing up. It's just a completely different person. Along a windy North Carolina road sits Poplar Springs Church of Christ. Around its walls lie headstones bearing family names. One in particular stands out, a dark granite it's exquisitely shiny with flowers and leaves ingrained along the top of its face. It reads, Blaylock. Her dad, uh, for lack of a better term, probably grieved himself to death. Charles Frederick, July 31st, 1942 to February 18th, 2012. Rebecca Lynn, April 1st, 1946 to August 2nd, 2018. At the bottom, the stone reads, Daughter. Rhonda Michelle, November 9th, 1965, to August 26th, 1980. Rural Hall in 1980 was even more rural than it is now. There wasn't anything to do. Eyewitnesses tell investigators Rhonda and a friend got into a blue pickup truck at a bowling alley in Rural Hall. The friend was dropped off safely. My mother came home and uh, probably wasn't there, and, and back then, you know, there weren't no cell phones. On August 29th, near a tobacco barn in a town called Pilot Mountain, in a heavily wooded area, Rhonda was found, stabbed to death. She'd been raped, and the investigation went from missing person to murder. It was raw emotion for everybody. Her parents lived out their lives never truly knowing who stole their only child away. And I want them to know how it feels to not have your freedom. Three years after her father's death, in 2015, a group of seasoned investigators took over the case, determined to bring Rhonda's killer to justice. If the suspect sees this or was in the sound of our voice, make no mistake, we are coming for you. Re-examining, re-interviewing, reinventing. We put flyers up everywhere. Posters, you know, in little country stores. Just a media blitz. And we started getting phone calls. 
and for the first time, submitting evidence that decades earlier couldn't be used. It was like, almost as if it was a fresh case. But, you know, back in 1980, there was not as much technology as there is today. A year to the day after her mother died, nearly 40 years after Rhonda's death, an announcement. Everybody brought something to the table to make this investigation work. A 62-year-old man living less than 10 miles from the sheriff's office originally tasked with solving the case. He was my cousin and I, I loved him. He was more like, really more like a brother. Charged with Rhonda's rape and murder. His dad was an alcoholic. And he would be gone for days and days. They wouldn't know where he was at. And he would come home and he would beat those boys. I'm Fox 8's Michael Hennessy, and this is Murder in Pilot Mountain, the 40-year mystery. More than a tale of a brutal killing that went unsolved for far too long, one of a hole left by a heinous crime that changed families and communities forever. The group of detectives who didn't rest until part of that void was filled. The story of a man bred in brutality. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts to learn about a notorious sin in a town just 15 minutes down the road from the one that inspired Andy Griffith's Mayberry.